0: Welcome back to Novel Idea Podcast with Liz and Athalia. Um, so first, right off the bat, we're trying something new today. We actually have some video recording.
1: Yeah, so I have been working very hard to get my office looking nice so that we could have like a comfy, cozy place to record and it feels like a place that you would want to read books. So I hope that people like it. And if you don't, sucks to suck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If uh, you're only listening to us just to paint a visual picture, Athalia got some very nice Victorian wallpaper behind us with some lovely Victorian paintings, drawings, etc. Makes me feel like I could be sipping a cup of tea. And you know what? Next podcast, I just might do that. I know.
1: I'm waiting for it to get colder so that um, I don't sweat through my clothing.
0: This is true. It was pretty brisk today, though. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I saw
1: that the high was going to be like 75. So then I was like sweater weather
0: right we do live in Southern California so uh, it's usually hot for a very long time yeah but anyway so today the book of the month is the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime by Mark Haddon yeah so uh, right off the bat initial thoughts how did you feel about it
1: it's weird because there are so few books that make me feel this way but I didn't know how to feel at the end
0: it was a very emotionally conflicting book
1: it wasn't anticlimactic. I think it's the fact that the main character doesn't have a full idea of kind of what's really going on around him that it's like I'm happy about that that he doesn't yeah. realize how horrible his parents are but also I'm sad because like dang you don't know how horrible your parents are <laughs>
0: so I thoroughly enjoyed the book first off the bat in different categories, so I will say readability, very easy to read. Absolutely. So, I think first of all, you know, it's probably better to actually talk about the plot of this book real quick, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to give a quick little rundown. Yeah. So, this book's plot is about a young boy, like, 15? He's 15. 15. He has Asperger's, and one day he comes across his neighbor's dog, and his neighbor's dog is dead from, like, a pitchfork. Mm Mm-hmm. And... (laughs) So he has decided that he is going to go on the case, like his own version of Sherlock Holmes, and discover who killed Mrs. Shear's dog, which is the neighbor.
1: And his dog's, the dog's name is Wellington, which is yes. so cute.
0: But not too cute, because Wellington is dead, yeah. that's how this book Yeah, in a starts.
1: super vicious way.
0: In a super pitchforky, how do you even kill a dog like that? Yeah. Anyway, so among this adventure of him trying to sleuth it out... You also get his world kind of painted by his own ideas of what's happening. So there's a lot of reading in between the lines of what's actually going on because you find out that in the beginning that his mother is dead and she died from a heart attack so he's being raised by his father and his father is doing the best he can but his father has some anger issues so he doesn't really understand that but you can kind of see how it's affecting him Mm -hmm. even if he's not 100% sure why he's feeling certain ways. Yeah but um, very easy to read, very interesting to take a step into someone who has a completely different mindset than you have. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you a lot of emotions that you don't necessarily expect because he speaks very Mm matter-of-factly when he's telling his story, but you're, you're reading all in between the lines, and you're like, okay, I'm kind of sad for you right now. Yeah, it's like he's... And for this dead dog.
1: Yeah, he's describing things, and then it's like... In his way, he's experiencing sadness or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, oh my gosh, man, you don't even know.
0: So he does, like, one of the things he does is on his way to his school, he rides the bus. And if he sees three yellow cars in a row, it's going to be a black day, which for him is like a bad day. No, it's. Yeah, yellow is bad, right? I know, but
1: five. Oh, five yellow cars. Five yellow cars.
0: And three red cars is good yeah and then five
1: yellow red cars is a super good day
0: yeah so basically the more red cars he sees in a row the more good of a day it's going to be the more yellow cars he sees in a row it's going to be a very bad day
1: and on those bad days he like doesn't eat and he doesn't talk to anybody and and whatnot but on the
0: corner and does his does his maths yeah homework yeah and it's maths because this does take place in england
1: yes and then uh when it's a red day then he's like you know like taking risks and stuff
0: he can he can risk it for the biscuit
1: okay yeah so the (laughs) beginning of the book starts out with him basically saying what he's doing yes he's like so this thing happened this dog died so i'm i'm it starts like right when it happened right yeah he was like doing a night walk because he has a tendency to wander yes and so his neighbor across the street, Mrs. Shears, he was walking through her garden in the backyard and he saw that her dog, Wellington, had been stabbed with like a pitchfork.
0: Yeah, I'm going to guess it's a pitchfork. He never says that. He says just a very big fork.
1: He says a garden fork. A
0: garden fork. Which
1: I'm like, so I think I'm ab- going
0: off the assumption that that, and on the cover of my book, he's definitely stabbed with a pitchfork. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hold it up for the video.
1: That's what mine looked like.
0: So, yeah, in my cover, he's definitely stabbed with a pitchfork.
1: Yeah. And so then, which is so funny, he he then... Oh, there goes my book. Yeah. He (laughs) then goes to Mrs. Shear's front door, which um, I don't want to say normal, but if I had come across a dead dog, I'm going to get out of there because I don't want someone to think that I killed their dog. So he goes right to her house and is like, hey, so like... Who killed your dog? Yeah, who killed your dog? And she's like... What the fuck are you talking about? People cuss at him a lot.
0: They they do. They I think because of his differentness, people respond to him in almost very aggressive ways. Of course in the
1: book we come across another character who basically is like, well, he's not going to understand anyway, so like why should I like hedge what I'm going to say? Right. Which is like that's still not an excuse. And he
0: still understands you. He yeah. just doesn't respond how you would respond if someone spoke to you like that.
1: What outcome are you expecting?
0: right just don't yell at people
1: don't like don't be mean <laughs> don't yell yeah just <laughs> don't that's be a the jerk
0: answer we're looking for here so
1: he's like hey what happened to your dog who killed your dog and she's like this is the first that she's hearing it so then she calls the police and then he's like just like okay like i trust policemen
0: he's like in tv shows policemen are good guys mm-hmm. so i'm gonna trust him so he goes around back and he kneels down to the dog And he's, like, holding the dog because he's, you know, he actually, he really loves the dog. And he's like, oh, the dog's dead and dogs can't lie. So he's a good, you know, being. Yeah. The police officers come and they see him kneeling down with this dog's blood on him. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, clutching the dog. And the police officers are trying to question him. But one of them grabs him. Mm. And so in reflex, he hits the police officer.
1: Which... I feel like should be a normal response. Do not grab me without my consent, please.
0: And you don't know what I have going on. Yeah,
1: seriously. And I think he had asked, like, hey, did you kill this dog? And he's like, no. And he doesn't lie. But the cop doesn't know that.
0: Right. And the cop doesn't understand his way of speaking. He thinks that he's just being cheeky. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's not. And so the police officer arrests him. And he goes downtown and he's like, oh, this is kind of exciting because, you know, I trust the cop, So obviously they're doing something right. Yeah,
1: And I'm in a room that's a square and it's like, you know, pretty comfortable because it's like it's it's an even square. It's as it should be. It's <laughs> interesting, too, because they tried to they took his shoelaces away and they tried to take his watch away. But he has to know what the time is all the time so he can think like okay such and such minutes has passed and so they try to take his watch away and he freaked out and they're like all right you can keep your watch (laughs) also he described one of the cops as having a lot of nose hair like there was two baby mice at his nose
0: and he wants to emphasize that he does not like metaphors but he does enjoy similes yeah
1: but then the metaphors he wrote i'm like uh yeah i agree i agree That it's like a bunch of flourishy language for what?
0: You're just being excessive. Yeah. I like metaphors, though.
1: I mean, good ones, but like super long ones when he was talking about um, Sir Conan Doyle, where it's like, oh, Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Like old, old literature is like, you know what? What is this book without 20 different metaphors to explain one single thing?
1: I just feel like um, it's a dude thing because... (laughs) dudes like to hear themselves talk like there's this one TikTok where it's about like how when you want to leave class but then there's that one person who's like has to talk until like the class is over and the bell is rung as they're talking you realize they're not talking about anything where especially for me I'm trying to see where the conversation is going to end up so I can see if it's worth my time to pay attention or to zone out and when it feels like it's going nowhere I get even more mad because now you're <laughs> wasting my time I just We're want saying to say, the
0: bell wrong, class is over, we don't need any more extra talking to talking.
1: Yeah. So, back to the jail. He's having a good old time, and then <laughs> he, um, I think he gets questioned by the police, right? And then the police officers are like, hey, did you kill the dog? And he's like, no. Do you know who killed the dog? Mm, no. Like, I don't lie. Like, I don't know why we keep doing this.
0: And then he hears his father's voice. His father's come to get him, and his father is pissed his father is, like, yelling, he's like, give me my son, bring my son to me, and so...
1: I mean, it must be really scary because, you know, he has a lot of specific things that he needs, and new environments are not good, so it's like, I don't want someone else to react badly to something that my son needs.
0: So basically, the police let him off with a warning that's like, okay, we're gonna write down that you attacked a police officer, we're gonna let you go, but if you get in any more trouble, and this is kind of, like, a little bit of foreshadowing... Where they're like, if you get in any more trouble, you're going to be actually punished. Yeah. And he's just like, okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then when his dad greets him, because he doesn't like to be touched, he holds his hands out like this, and they touch like fingertips and thumbs, which I thought was kind of cute.
0: And that's how they say, I love you.
1: Yeah, it is cute. So then they go home, and his dad's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? His dad talks to him like that a lot.
0: Yeah. And... So, we kind of get a glimpse more into his home life from that aspect. So, he has a pet rat that he takes care of. His name is Toby. He comes home. He does not like yellow foods. No, he doesn't. Or brown foods.
1: No. Which, sometimes, it's not that great looking.
0: Right. Like, if it looks ugly, I'm not going to eat it. None of his food can touch. He loves red foods. So, his dad actually has come up with, like, a system around everything where he's like, I know my son is incredibly gifted. Because you find out, through him telling, he likes to tell a lot of, um...
1: Scientific anecdotes
0: and math equations. Yeah. So he's very mathematically gifted, mm-hmm. and his dad knows this, and so he's kind of like, "You're gonna be smart. You're gonna go places. If we have to put up with like your quote-unquote quirks, mm-hmm. then that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Like yeah. If the only thing you're gonna eat is strawberry ice cream, tomato soup, and slices of tomato. Then that's what you're gonna get yeah. for dinner.
1: He he had broccoli with beans a couple times and I'm like where yeah. is the protein <laughs> it's
0: like I think at that point with a child who absolutely will not eat unless it's something very specific at that point you just want your child to eat
1: absolutely and I think that's what was happening too when we talk about him spending time with his mother his we'll mother was losing his mind
0: but as of this point so his mother is dead
1: mm-hmm.
0: he came home one day and his mother was gone And his dad was like, oh, your mother's in the hospital. And he's like, oh, well, then we got to bring her food because hospital food is not so good. Mm -hmm. So this is where we get that disconnect where he approaches everything very logically. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm scared or I'm concerned or I'm worried. It's, oh, we have to get her food. And that is his way of being concerned. Yeah, where it's like,
1: this is what people do. I've observed it. So that's what we need to do. And so then um, his dad's like, oh, no, I'll bring her food. And he's like, well... I'll make her a card because that's what people do. When people are sick, we'll make her a card. And so then the, like, a couple days later or whatever, his dad is just basically like, oh, Christopher, I'm so sorry. Your mom's dead. Like, she had a heart attack. And, of course, Christopher is like, he knows what death means, but it's, like, not like he's going to weep about it. It's just that his mom was here, and now he's not. And he doesn't want anything to do with spirit nonsense ghost nonsense magic nonsense so he's That's like whole, like
0: she could be in heaven thing not yeah his yeah he's, he's like, like no she's a corpse in the ground the worms are gonna eat her she's gonna disintegrate and turn into a skeleton and then a thousand years from now not even her skeleton will be
1: here yeah so bump that i'm good
0: <laughs> right he moves on but he still remembers all the good times with his mother hmm and so you see that that's how he approaches things he's like well let me look back on the memories and he does have an eidetic memory oh, so he yeah. can remember everything so oh. he just goes back and remembers all the happy times
1: yeah when he was describing that I'm like whoa that's freaking awesome he's like on July 25th it was a Saturday da da, da 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 this happened I'm like I can remember dates but I can't remember the days
0: I can't even remember dates I can't. I can barely remember what I had for dinner the night before I
1: forgot I was 29 when I, I, I when someone it. asked me because I had my ID to buy some white claw and she's like how old are you and I was like whoa <laughs> I don't know I don't know
0: actually you're asking me you're holding the ID lady you have the information I know right you do the math girl don't you have a calculator they do that every once in a while to try to trip you up like it's a fake ID. I'm like it sucks do I not look my age I mean thank you I but know right this like is annoying.
1: everyone thinks that I'm way younger so then I'm like so, is this like what you think I am or what I really Are am? Are you saying
0: you think I'm under 21? Do you think I'm that's a baby? Really nice. Yeah. I don't think I look under 21.
1: But thank you. But thank you. But anyway. So, um, while he's writing this book, he talks a lot about his interactions with his like counselor, teacher person, Siobhan. Yeah. Um, and she's he goes to a, a special school, which I think is actually really cool. I don't think they have those here. Like, a whole school just for um, children that have, like, behavioral issues.
0: I'm actually not sure. I bet there is, but I bet it's expensive.
1: I'm sure it really is. (laughs) But to be honest, like, to have teachers in an institution where that is actually their job and they, like, chose to do that, that would be great.
0: Yeah, as far as I know, we just mainly have classrooms over in Mm -hmm. the States in, like, a regular school. Then you have the classroom with kids who need extra attention.
1: Yeah. So, Siobhan, um he like meets with her every day at school mm-hmm. and he's talking about this this book he's writing and you know what happened to the dog and he's she's gonna
0: he's officially at this point in the book on the case yeah he's gonna solve what happened to Wellington.
1: yeah so he's doing like his detecting he's uh asking her to like proofread things and explain things and um and he, it's super
0: cute because yeah. she adds little footnotes She's like, okay, this part. So there's like footnotes in the book and little illustrations that she helps him with. And I think that is just the cutest thing.
1: Yeah. And she tells him, like, hey, you know, usually in books, they don't write out full equations and answers, <laughs> but you can have an appendix in the back where you can do that. And yes. he does do that.
0: And he's like, you know what? You're a genius. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to do some detecting. So he goes to Mrs. Shear's house and starts kind of inquiring about. Who may have killed the dog? And you know, she used to have a husband, Mr. Shears, but he's not around. Mm-hmm. So maybe Mr. Shears killed the dog.
1: Yeah, he comes up with like a reason, like someone wanted to hurt the dog, someone right. wanted to hurt Mr. Mrs. Shears, or I forgot the other option, but he was like, okay, if, or it was a random, or it was a random person. Yeah, so if someone wanted to hurt Mrs. Shears, it was someone close to her. Right. If it was someone who didn't like the dog it was probably a stranger because like who doesn't like dogs right yeah so he was like all right and so then he goes to other people's houses he goes to this lady's house who's black and she knew his name but he was like okay uh do you know who killed the dog and all of his interactions are very straight to the point right they're all trying to do niceties and he's like uh who killed the dog
0: right let's stop with this chit chat because he even says in the book he hates chit chat Mm -hmm. I'm Which
1: like, I do too. I
0: was about to say I'm like that is a bio all the way. Yeah, hates chit chat.
1: I don't like it. There was one part where he was like, <laughs> he was at Mrs. Alexander's house and he was. She was like, okay, well, thanks for coming in to chat. And he's like, she didn't ask a question, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, same. Like, why if
0: I could interact that way. Yeah.
1: Why am I going to prolong this conversation that has ended even more? Because <laughs> somehow you feel like I need to say something. I didn't care to talk to you. I actually came here to ask questions. I didn't say hi. (laughs) So.
0: So he's going around to all the neighbors then. And then he gets home and his dad is just like.
1: Now what the hell are you doing?
0: Please stop bothering. In, you know, kind of harsher terms than I'm putting it. Please stop bothering Mrs. Shears. And then you kind of find out that after his mom died, Mrs. Shears used to come over a lot. And she was kind of helping and it's kind of implied that Mrs. Shears and the dad kind of had a romantic entanglement, but it's never stated or confirmed. Really. It
1: just seems like they were close. And like, she was just being helpful. That's what it seemed like. She was just but, being very helpful, but she stayed the night sometimes and they stayed the night at her place sometimes, which that's is- That's what I'm saying. That's they, what I'm like. They lived uh, across the street. That's weird.
0: And Ed, who's the father, he makes mention further in the book that he thought Mrs. Shears would be like a replacement mom. So I don't know how involved they were. Obviously Christopher doesn't really know because he does it. He just thinks, Oh, it's a family friend. Mm-hmm. She lives across
1: She's not a stranger.
0: Right. She's a friend. I can trust her. It's fine. So he doesn't fully understand why she's getting mad at him Mm -hmm. or why her father or why his father is kind of like, shut it down, Christopher. Yeah, he's like, stop poking around. Stop asking questions. Yeah,
1: I don't want you to talk to Mrs. Shears. I don't want you to ask about Mr. Shears. I don't want any of this.
0: So then, you know, he goes about his day. He has a bad day in there. He has a good day in there. And then he has a very good day. And he's like, today's the day to make some risky choices. Yeah,
1: he's like, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna get I'm my licorice laces, I'm gonna get my Milky Way, nice. and, like, nothing super good happened at school, so it has to happen after school.
0: So he runs in to Mrs. Alexander. Yes, and
1: she has a little dog, which is super cute.
0: And His name
1: was... I forgot what his name was. Oh, Igor. Igor. Igor? Igor, yeah.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Sounded like Frankenstein's helper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that is when... We get kind of a look into what is actually happening. Yeah, and Mrs. Alexander lets it slip that Mr. Shear and Christopher's mom were having an affair. Yeah, it's. But she said, "Do not tell your dad I told you this."
1: Yeah, because he had told her, like, "Hey, like my my mom said," and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm sorry to hear that. Right. It seems like news to everybody that um, his mom is dead." Yeah, and so he's like, "Okay, so they
0: clue that something suspicious is afoot." Yeah,
1: he's like. Okay, so I'm not gonna ask about Mr. Shears, but what I can ask about-
0: I can't ask certain things because my dad has forbidden it. Yeah. And I made a promise and you can't break promises. That's very big to him.
1: But if she brings it up, I didn't ask.
0: She's bringing these topics up. I'm simply following the flow of conversation.
1: Yeah, he like follows rules to a T and he's like, I didn't ask about it, she's offering this information and she's like, hey, we need to go somewhere because I don't want to have this conversation with you like out in public. Right. So she takes him to a park and he's like, I was scared because she's like a stranger,
0: but. Very big on stranger danger. Yeah,
1: but I need to get this information to solve this case, so yeah.
0: And so she lets it slip that Mr. Shear was having an affair with Christopher's mom, and he was like, huh, okay. Yeah. Filing that away. Yeah, like, not really pertinent to my dog investigation. Yeah,
1: doing sex with my mom, but all right.
0: That's how he puts it. You're doing sex with each other. So
1: through the book, obviously, he's keeping up to date with his information that he's gathering. And so that day, he had gone home, and went in front of the TV to watch um, Blue Planet. He likes that show. But he had left his book in the kitchen when his dad came home. He read it, obviously. And then his dad lost his mind.
0: Popped off and actually got physically violent with Christopher. Like, punched his child. And
1: what's crazy is that obviously he's, Christopher's writing these things after it happened. Slightly, right? He just has a really great memory. But he's writing this situation as in, He asked me calmly, but I didn't know he was mad. So afterwards, he's like, I didn't know he was mad. So, like, he couldn't predict this thing. But he had no idea at the time. He just thought that he was asking questions. Not that he was going to get, like, decked.
0: And so, Christopher's dad gets very violent with him. And Christopher, like, blacks out. He, like, disassociates from what's happening. And he comes to, and he has, like, a bruise on his arm. And his face has a mark on it. And the next day at school, Siobhan is like, um, what happened to you?
1: Do you feel safe at home? Are you okay?
0: And he's like, yeah, dad got mad because I broke my promise. That's what you do when you break a promise, dad gets mad and it's totally fine. And it's like, I don't know how to tell you that it's not okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> after, I guess after the fight or during it, he had a, uh, his dad had left, gone out the back door open the trash can and he thought that he threw the book away. Right. So he was like, I'm just going to go get that after.
0: I, Cause I'm still working on it. Yeah. I still want to finish and find out who killed Wellington. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and he looks through the trash and the book's not there. He's like, well, dad probably put it in his room. Yeah. And he's like, dad's not home yet.
1: He searches through the whole house. Yeah. And he's like, it wouldn't be my room unless he was like doing a double bluff or something.
0: But my dad wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I only check if I can't find it anywhere else.
0: So he couldn't find it anywhere else and he's like, I'm gonna look in my dad's room. So he goes upstairs and he's like, I'm not allowed to touch my dad's stuff, but if I touch it and put it back, then he'll never know I touched it and it's okay.
1: And also he talks about how when his mom did cleaning, he used to panic because she would move things out of the way and when she put it back, it wasn't exactly where it needed to be. Right. So he measured everything where it was supposed to be. So after his mom was done, he put it exactly where it was. So. I have complete faith that he would have put everything, <laughs> put everything back.
0: <laughs> back spick and yeah, and
1: his dad would have no idea.
0: Even if he put something slightly off, his dad would have no clue.
1: Absolutely. So he's looking through his dad's stuff. Under the mattress, porn magazines. Um, in the closet, porn magazines. Lovely. And so then he finds like a shirt box, and that's where he finds his book. But in that box, he also sees envelopes addressed to him, and he only knows. Three people who like write his name a certain way and one was this this old teacher he had and the second one was his mom i forgot the third one and so he's like that's weird why would these letters be for my mom this must be before she died he in his mind cannot think of any other outcome as to why
0: you as the reader are now aware that you know okay you can put it together her and Mr. Shears were having an affair. She suddenly died. This is where the reader is like, oh my gosh, his mom is not dead. Christopher is not there yet.
1: No, he's not. And he's
0: so- thinking, he's like, dad doesn't lie. Uh-huh. So mom is clearly dead. So these letters logically were written before. She yeah, died. there
1: has to be another logical explanation. There has to be a reason. So he takes one of the letters, but he leaves his book where it is because right. he's like, if I move it, dad's going to know. And if anything, I can just rewrite everything in the second book and I, if I forget some specific detail, I can just come back up here, get it, and then write it in the second book. It's but fine. I gotta
0: read these letters. I gotta know what's going on.
1: Yeah. And so his dad ends up coming home and he's like, oh, hey, what? what's going on here? And the
0: first letter doesn't set off any alarm bells. No. He reads the first letter... And it's his mom basically explaining how she's working in London. And he's like, that's really weird because mom never worked in London. Yeah. So obviously these letters are a lie.
1: Yeah. And she's talking about a man named Roger. She's talking about how she moved and all of this. And so it's like, it's not really ringing any bells for him.
0: He's like, this is all just a goof. Yeah. You know, something I don't appreciate, but I don't fully believe it. Anyway, so he goes to school and then he kind of continues on. But then he comes back. The next day, and grabs a lot more of the letters, starts reading, and this is where he puts it together that his mom is alive, living in London, with Mr. Shears, and has been writing him once every week. Mm-hmm. And he goes catatonic. Oh, yeah. He completely loses track of time. He's on the bed. He's doing the groaning. He's, is, like,
1: sick on himself.
0: Yeah, he gets sick on himself. His dad comes home, and his dad immediately is like son of a gun
1: yeah like oh shit and so i was talking to jay about this earlier where i'm like so you have his husband yeah you have you have a child and you know what this child needs from you (laughs) i don't know why you would lie about this
0: i kind of see it like i kind of understand why he did it
1: i get it but like
0: but it's so sad
1: yeah like you you still made that decision knowing he was going to react like how he always
0: does you know yeah he would have a freak out if he discovered you were hiding this from him and
1: so like in the middle of his freak out his dad's basically (laughs) explaining what really happened
0: and this is where we get the conclusion to our giant mystery and that is that the dad killed wellington yeah which i honestly did not see Mm. that coming when i was reading the first half of this book I was like, I bet Mr. Shears is the one who killed the dog. Mm-hmm. Like I was just a hundred percent like he can't. Yeah, back, he's
1: some he dude killed... we don't know. Right, you she... don't know his character. Yeah.
0: What you do know about Ed, which is Christopher's dad, is that he does love his son. Mm-hmm. He's not doing a hundred percent the best, but he loves his son and he's trying his hardest. And to find out that he just like basically butchered a dog.
1: And you know, the reason why is like so such a male thing to do
0: mrs shears was like i can't be a replacement mom and a replacement wife even though your wife left with my husband i can't step into that role and he was like i thought you know she could come live with us or we could live with her and she would take care of us no
1: that's not her job like i'm also doing my own thing like i just i'm still
0: recovering from my husband leaving me i
1: just maybe they boned a few times i was just interested in sex like You have a whole child that has a lot of needs and I'm not committed to that and I don't need to be.
0: And so in response, he stabs her dog.
1: He is like, it made me mad that she cared about that dog more than me. It's like, well, no shit. That dog was around. That's her dog. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you?
0: If someone killed my cat, I would go vengeance furry on them and just like straight up murder someone if they killed my cat.
1: That's like on the same level of like someone That's burning, sadistic. burning your clothes just yeah. out of like, bro, I, I paid money for these things. And at
0: least the clothes don't have a soul. Or- marked my dog.
1: Yeah. Or if I can't have you, no one can. So I'm going to kill you and myself. Right. It's like, now let's selfish. just do the second step. You kill yourself.
0: So, like you can understand the anger and frustration, but like
1: I can't kill the dog. Like logically, I, get, that. I get it, but that is such a vicious way to That's kill an so animal. Vicious. And so, it's a dog.
0: And it's just a poor little puppy. And so at this point, Christopher freaks out. Yeah. He in his brain is like the dog is 100 percent innocent which it was yeah and my dad just killed it because he got angry so what's to stop my dad from killing me if he gets angry
1: bro what killed me is the fact that he's like you can trust me clearly i can't bro you were telling you've me you've
0: not- lying this entire time you've
1: been telling me not to do this thing only because you wanted to cover up that you did this heinous horrible act on a dog
0: So So don't, like,
1: oh my god, you can trust me? No, bro, I can't.
0: So he runs into their shed. He's like, I need to get away from my dad because my dad is clearly dangerous. So he takes his rat and he hides into the shed and he stays there and he can hear his dad looking for him. And he's like, I don't know, I gotta formulate a plan because I can't stay here. I can't live in my bedroom knowing that my dad at any second could come bursting in and kill me, so... Mm -hmm. His logical first step is, I'm gonna go live with Mrs. Shears.
1: Oh my God, I know <laughs>
0: that was so sad, that he still sees Mrs. Shears as like this trusted ally. Mm-hmm. So he goes to her door, knocks on the door. She doesn't answer him, obviously, because at this point she's completely done with them. Yeah, like she's like, get out of my life.
1: Oh my God, doesn't she end up answering
0: too? And he's no, like, she didn't answer this time. Oh, okay. She ignored him. Oh. So he is like, okay, well she's not answering mrs alexander was nice but she's still a stranger so i can't go live with her and i can't live with anyone else and so earlier in the book his dad kind of pointed out which houses were safe and not safe to him and one of the houses is like a drug house i don't know if they were actually druggies or if his dad just didn't like them but he's like stay away from them
1: i feel like if it's like a suburb they're probably not like um i I don't don't think (laughs) it was
0: a suburb i'm picturing like just really closed houses
1: yeah if someone as uppity as mrs shears is across the street i doubt drug people are living next door this is true so i'm like yeah ed i don't trust you i don't trust your point of view i don't trust you
0: and we know christopher's point of view is a little skewed so we're not sure anyway he sees one of them and so he gets scared he goes back he spends the night in the shed and he formulates the plan while mother's still alive i'm gonna go live with mother he makes this decision he collects his pet rat and the next day he starts off on his journey where he is gonna go to a train station, buy a ticket because he knows how to do this because he had a play train station set mm-hmm. and he is gonna get to London. He's gonna find his mom. he's gonna live with his mom. Yeah, this was the most stressful part of the book for me. Yeah, he this stressed me out.
1: Yeah, he had, um, I think he had gone home and saw that his dad's wallet and phone were there and he's like, oh shit, it's my dad home, but he wasn't. So he's like, I'm gonna take his bank card. And he made me memorize his pin in case he forgot it, which is like, bro, you're stupid. Why would you do that? And so he took his dad's bank card and then he was going to go to a school, but then he saw his dad's van there and he's like, oh, can't go there.
0: Then he stops a woman because, you know, in stranger danger, they always tell you to find a woman,
1: which we know that that's That's also women can be murderers, too. Okay.
0: And women could be part of the ring. that's Kidnapping children. Yeah. Never know. Exactly. Just don't trust strangers. Yeah kids. Yeah.
1: In case you were wondering what we thought about it.
0: <laughs> and so he asks a woman and she's also kind of tending to her baby but she's like, oh, you don't need a map or direction. like, it's right there. Yeah, it's like the, the
1: building says this, so. Yeah.
0: So he sets off and he makes a map in his mind. He's getting slightly overwhelmed with crowds and stuff like that, but he's like, it's fine. I just need to get to the train station.
1: Which is, I think what's cool is that even though he was feeling overwhelmed, he has, like, techniques to kind of, like, get through it. Like, he would squint his eyes really, really thin so that all he could really see is what he needed to see. Or, um...
0: Or he would do, like, math problems in his head. Yeah, or take 50 deep breaths. Multiples of twos, you know, things like that. So he had his coping mechanisms, finally makes it to this train station, and he's like, okay, now I just need to get to London, that's all.
1: Yeah, so he... But it's, there's a lot
0: of people in the train station.
1: Yeah, and so he's, he's trying to calm down, and so he sits down at a place where there aren't a lot of people, and he closes right. his eyes, and he's doing his math problems. A police officer comes to him and is like, hey, like... you're kind of freaking people out that lady said you've been here for like two hours yeah like he'll sit there for hours and not even realize it and he's like i need to get to london do you know how to get to blah 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 and he says his mom mom's address and he's like words that i don't know what you mean
0: so you're trying to get to london that's what i got from that
1: i do like this encounter with this police officer because he seemed to kind of respect his boundaries yeah yeah he's like all right well let's just start there
0: well because he tells him he's like i have a warning because i hit a police officer because the police officer grabbed me and i didn't like that so this police officer was like okay don't touch the kid yeah got it yeah so he kind of helps the kid navigate mm-hmm.
1: where to go where to buy the ticket and blah blah blah
0: he eventually gets the ticket he gets on the train and then another police officer runs up to him before the doors close and he's like wait wait, wait your dad's here your dad's looking for you and he's like oh i don't want to go to my dad. I'm going to my mom. He's like, well, let's get off the train. We can talk about it. And he's like, nope, going to my mom's. And he's like, we can talk about it, but the door's closed. And the police officer has to, like, phone his partner. He's like, I'm stuck on the train.
1: Yeah, it'll be, like, ten minutes. Sorry, yeah, bro. we're gonna get
0: to the next stop then we have to turn around. And so, Christopher is sitting there with the police officer, and he's like, how do I get out of this? He's like, I do have to pee. So, he tells, well, he's sitting there at first, and he doesn't know there's a bathroom mm-hmm. on the train station. Mm-hmm. And so he started to wet himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the police officer's like, there's a bathroom right here. Yeah, like, there. for
1: Christ's sake, go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Which, again, I'd probably pee myself, too, from what he described as bathroom like.
0: It was disgust So he describes bathroom as smelling quite like a poo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> gross.
0: Just a nasty, like, just think public bathroom.
1: Yeah, but like on a, a train. On a
0: moving train.
1: And so after he uses the bathroom, he's walking and he's like... Wait a second, I see like a covered area that looks like an airing cover that's at my house. And so sometimes he would go in there because yeah. it was like nice and enclosed and he felt safe and dark and it gave him time to think and calm down. So he crawls into this luggage kind of cabinet thing and he just like chills there.
0: And he's right next to the bathroom still, so he can see when the police officer runs by and it's like, Oh crap, I lost this kid. But obviously he's not in the bathroom, he's in the airing cupboard so the police officer is now frantic the police officer leaves the scene but christopher still doesn't feel safe enough to get off and people are kind of coming some people see him and they're like oh my god there's a child hiding well, yeah
1: they what is it they uh these two guys are like oh look there's a luggage fairy in here
0: don't they call him an elf a
1: luggage elf my a bad luggage elf. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> like there's elf. a luggage elf okay all right
0: <laughs> but they were drunk so that's why yeah and he does remark on the people who go number two and the people who just go number one. And yeah. he appreciates the people that just go number one because it doesn't make it smell.
1: Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> he stays in that cabinet for a while.
0: Until they get to London. Yeah. And so he finally gets to his destination, realizes his luggage has been stolen, <sighs> which had his pet rat's food in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, son of a His
1: guy. clothes, his little snackies. Yeah.
0: It's all gone. So this is the part where I was like... <laughs> How is he going to get out of this? I'm so stressed out for this child. Yeah. I mean, he is 15. Mm -hmm. But still, Um, panic-inducing.
1: Yeah, like, okay. I have to go to the grocery store and listen to music because I don't like to have interactions. And I feel overwhelmed when there's a lot of people. Like, sometimes I get so overwhelmed that I can't concentrate on what I was there for.
0: I get irrationally angry if there are too many people talking around me all at one time. Yeah. And then if, like... The space between people is really close, especially nowadays. Like, COVID has just made this worse for me. Mm -hmm. If someone gets too much of my personal space, but if you wear headphones, it helps to distract you. Yeah, and... Drown out all that noise.
1: Yeah, I don't like people making unnecessary conversations. Just because we're in line doesn't mean that we're We're obligated. Yeah, like, we're sharing this experience, and then afterwards, I will never think of you again.
0: Also, I work retail. I talk to people all day long. The last thing I want to do when I get off my shift is talk to other people.
1: Yeah, like, I did enough. Silence. I, and I get paid for that. I'm not getting paid for this.
0: Sometimes I'll literally just put headphones in with white noise. Oh, yeah. And I'll just...
1: Yeah, and I have to have a list, too, because I sometimes I lift, get super overwhelmed.
0: Headphones, silence, it's beautiful. So... Back to the main story. To be
1: honest, <laughs> that's how I felt when I first moved here. Yeah. Bro, every single place I went, it was like... A panic attack. I was doing research on what the parking situation was like, what highway I had to go on. I, oh my gosh, it made me not want to even grocery shop. Well, the fact
0: that when you first moved to California, you were living in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I was like... Every time going to visit you, I would have like a mini panic attack because I'm like, oh my God, I don't know the roads. I don't know where I'm going. There's not really good parking. Oh God. Yeah.
1: And horrible. like, and this is on a level of like, we can manage that right it's difficult but we can but for someone like christopher
0: yeah
1: no and i it was it was like scary for me to read
0: so he gets off the train and he needs to figure out how to get to a bus station not a bus station like a tube station yeah yeah so smaller than a train but it's more like interconnected for in london so he's in london and now he needs to figure out how to get to his mom's house. So it goes to this kiosk with maps and he's like looking at it and the guy's like, um, you gotta pay for that. It's two ninety-five. And Christopher doesn't understand what that means. Yeah. And he's, he's like, What do you mean two ninety five? Why are you shouting two ninety five at me? And
1: he's like, I need to get to this address. And the guy's like, Look, you can get this A to Z thing or you can like fuck off.
0: Yeah. And
1: he's like, Oh, well, is that the A to Z thing? And the guy's like, No, it's a fucking crocodile. And he's like, Is that the A to Z thing? And he's like it's gonna be 295 and he's like oh i realized he meant pounds
0: so he's like oh you mean a pound two mm-hmm. at 95 and the guy's like yes so christopher pays for it figure out where his mom is
1: wait 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 almost missed this part okay he went to the new tube station it was very crowded and overwhelming so he sat down now, this
0: was after the map because he had the map to know to get onto the tube to get to his mom's. now he yeah. has the address he knows where he's going no
1: no no but this part with toby
0: Yeah, that's coming next.
1: Oh. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Never mind.
0: So he gets to the tube station. It's very crowded, very overwhelmed. So he has to sit down and close his eyes and do soft groaning to himself. Mm -hmm. And several hours pass. Five. Five hours. Five hours he sat there. Just listening to people get on the tube, get off the tube, get on the tube, get off the tube. And he realizes that Toby, his rat, is missing. He's like, I need to go find Toby. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: Which is very sweet because if I brought my cat anywhere and I lost her, that's my first thing. Because all I'm thinking is like, she could be in pain or danger. Yeah. This also stressed me out because I just felt for his poor little rat.
1: Like, for me, I was like, man, if he does not find this rat, I don't know what he's going to do.
0: I'm done and I'm going to cry. Yeah. So he finally sees his rat. He goes chasing after him. And His he...
1: rat's on the freaking tracks. So
0: he gets on the track. And this guy's like, this random passerby is like, whoa, kid, what the heck are you doing? So he grabs him. And Christopher has picked up Toby. He's like, oh, my God, you're just Because gra- obviously to the strangers, they just see rats. Mm-hmm. They don't see a pet rat. Yeah. And he's like, it's my pet rat, Toby. And so this guy gets him off the tracks. He has his rat back. And a train comes whooshing by and it's like, You were like five seconds away from death. Yeah, like Christopher.
1: No downtime to be like, Wow, um my laugh my life flashed before my eyes. He's just like, I got Toby, so we're good.
0: We're good. I'm fine, strangers. And then strangers keep trying to like touch him or help him, and so he starts screaming at him and they're like, Okay, kid is clearly crazy, we're just gonna back off. It no was
1: way. funny because this chick is like, Hey, like, are you okay? Da 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 He's like, I have a knife and I can cut people's fingers off. So And <laughs>
0: she's like cool yeah I'm
1: gonna go ahead and leave
0: (laughs) and so finally it gets to later in the evening and obviously there's not as many people so he can finally get on the tube and he comes to where his mother lives he gets off he finds his mother's house and he sits out there it's starting to rain this poor kid has had a day of it. Mm-hmm. He's overwhelmed. He's hungry. He's tired. He's cold. Mm-hmm. He has his rat, but his rat has no food. Mm. So he's stressing out, and then he hears voices, and it's Mr. Shears and his mom. Yeah, yay! He finally found her. Yeah,
1: and so he, she walks up to him and she tries to hug him, and he's like, mm, "No,
0: I don't do that." She's just like, here.
1: "I forgot,"
0: and he's like giving her the rundown really quickly. She's like. Dad killed Wellington, Wellington's a dog, I'm not okay with this, I was scared so I ran away. And Mr. Shears is like, is Ed here? Oh my god. And the mom's like, can we just calm down and take care of my son, please? Yeah. So they get him inside, they get him in a bath. He does mention that Toby does a number two on the bathroom floor, but he cleans it up and flushes it. Yeah,
1: which, you know, good pet owner. And...
0: So his mom is feeding him, and Mr. Shears is kind of like...
1: He's a dick.
0: He's like, he can stay here for a couple days, but then he has to go.
1: And his mom's like, he can stay here as long as he wants. He's my son. Yeah.
0: And she's like, why didn't you ever write me back? And he's like, dad said you were dead. And she's like, that bastard. Yeah,
1: like, Jesus
0: Christ. And so she kind of puts together the whole story... But now it's stressful for her because she's kind of working these temp jobs, trying to get her life started with Mr. Shears. We find out he is physically abusive. Lovely. Is he? Yeah.
1: Wait, what part was that? You missed that? What part?
0: Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. I'll I'll let you know when it comes up.
1: Weird. Well, also, uh, later that night, Ed comes by.
0: Ed does come by. The dad comes by, and he's screaming and freaking out and christopher is like i don't want to be anywhere near my dad yeah my dad is a murderer he of
1: dogs. he his dad's talking to him and christopher is not responding at yeah. all like not talking to him not looking at him nothing because it's like you killed the dog you could kill me
0: yeah yeah and so ed leaves and she's and the mom is like we're gonna figure this out but for right now you need to go because it's just too much tension police officers come by and they kind of talk to christopher and the mom and they're like is this your mom they're like yep so the police officers are like okay keep it in the family keep it down and we won't have to come by we're considering this solved like he's with a parent he's with a guardian we don't care anymore
1: okay yeah and then uh christopher goes to sleep but like around two or three or whatever he hears ed and his mom arguing yeah yeah and so then he wakes up and his mom's like hey So we need to go buy you some stuff. We need to get you some toothbrush. We need to get you some clothes, blah, 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 blah. So they ride the bus and there was a lot of people. So he was freaking out about that. And so he was like lying on the floor of the bus, like Screaming. screaming. And then when they got to the store, I think, I forgot what happened but he ended up having kind of like a, a freak out then too so then they ended up having to leave and leave via taxi so then his mom went out again alone to go ahead and uh, do the shopping and left christopher at home and he just it was like, like
0: do not wander do not go anywhere yeah stay in the house yeah
1: he just stayed in his room and yeah. did his thing
0: and mr shears comes back and brings him like science books but they're science books for like kids like he clearly doesn't understand that CRISPR is very highly intelligent. He just sees him as a child mm-hmm. with like a six year old's brain. Yeah. Because of how he acts, but it's like, no, he's actually very smart. So he gets them and he's like, What the hell is this?
1: Yeah, like I didn't read them. And then Mr. Shears is like, It's nice to know that my contribution helped. It's like, bro, you're not, not about you. You're not even trying. Yeah. Like
0: not even trying. Shut up. And so it's putting a lot of strain on the mom and mr shears
1: well she initially had called her job and was like oh i need to go on compassionate leave because da, 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 da. and so the next day they had called and they were like yeah we found someone else to do your job and the mom's because like you find
0: out she was just a temp worker
1: yeah and then mr shears is like i mean it was only temporary like get over it
0: yeah and she's like i'm gonna have a fit yeah and freak out and then so amongst all this christopher had gotten special permission from his school to take his Mm A-levels and he wanted to get his A-levels in maths and he was like, because if I get my A-levels in maths, I can get my A-levels in science and then I can go to
1: uh, a college in in London and um, be an astronaut.
0: Yeah. Well, he didn't, he knew he couldn't be an astronaut, but he wanted to do something with math and physics
1: Physics or whatever. Yeah. And so it took a long time for them to uh, convince his headmistress to let him do that because it is a special school, but it's, like...
0: He's basically taking college-level yeah, exams.
1: this is what he is good at. Yeah. Why aren't we going to celebrate this?
0: And so he has to get back on a certain day, so he's telling his mom, he's like, I need to be back, and I need to take my A-levels, and she's like, we can't, and this sets off another freakout. Yeah,
1: he's, like, in his, he's planned this thing, yeah, and his mom isn't understanding.
0: And for him, structure is everything, so because there were special exceptions and he knew how hard it was to get this exception he's like no and she's like we can take it next year he's like no that's not the plan you're deviating from the plan i don't like this yeah and the mom is like her relationship now with mr shears is crumbling she's taking care of a son she hasn't taken care of in a really long time and she's like okay fine she finally breaks down She takes Mr. Shear's car.
1: Which I'm like, okay, so this relationship was doomed from the start, too. From the start. You were both in a relationship. You both left your spouses to go be together, and you don't have your shit together.
0: And this is where, um, if you read between the lines, he is physically abusive. Because she was like, he's going to get violent, but not towards you.
1: Oh, He's been hurting me. I thought she was going to say that she was going to be like mad at him because no. she had anger issues
0: oh he's been hitting her oh yeah
1: yeah the night before she left he got drunk and he came into christopher's room and was like oh you think you're so fucking clever you don't even give any regard for anyone and it's like yeah basically
0: blaming christopher for screwing up their life when it's like yeah she's a mother this is what you didn't sign up for but you should have thought about this before you got involved with a woman with a child also
1: reality check i don't regard anyone yeah. Like, that's part of my behavioral <laughs> issue. I don't regard anyone.
0: So the mother brings Christopher back, and she basically tells Ed, like, we have to stay here. And Ed's like, you're not staying here. Bro. And she's like, what do you want me to do? How
1: did she still have a key to the place?
0: I don't know. She and had a key, she, she got in.
1: And she's like, I don't have any money to pay rent. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible mom.
0: And so he's like, so I can take my A-levels now because he's just not paying attention.
1: Yeah, like, since we're back in Swindon, I can take my a- like, A-levels. We're fine because yeah. that's where
0: they live, Swindon. And he's like, it's fine. We're good. We're back to normal. And she's like, sweetie, I already called the school and they said you can't. Like, we already canceled it. And he's like, take it back. Take it back right now.
1: Also, you haven't been here for a while because I presume that you were dead, but that's not how things work yeah. in this house. You don't. You don't change plans like this around so, me. So,
0: he's not sleeping, he's not eating. They talk to the school, and it is worked out that he gets to take his A-levels, but he's still stressed out because he's like, I haven't slept, I haven't ate, my brain is all foggy and fuzzy, and during this, Mr. Shears comes by and takes his car back. No,
1: he throws some of her stuff on the on the lawn, too. Yeah. And it's like, here's your stuff,
0: bye. Like, we are officially over, so now she's living with her kind of ex-husband and her son it's very stressful for everyone but it's told through the lens of Christopher just being like oh this is happening also I gotta take my A-levels but I was very tired
1: yeah and so his mom ends up up getting a place she ends up getting a job and the place that she lives the mattress is like in the kitchen it's in a place where everyone has to share a bathroom and Christopher doesn't like it and he doesn't like that when he uses the bathroom people can hear him he can hear people use the bathroom makes him not want to use the bathroom because it's shared and so his mom has to like clean it every single time before he uses the bathroom
0: but he also doesn't like staying at his dad's place because he's still terrified of his dad yeah so
1: he moves his bed to like block the door
0: so finally his dad has a conversation with him where he's like we can't keep going on like this he's like I know we got to look at this like a project. We got to look at this as a project of learning to trust each other again. And so his dad gets him a puppy. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay,
1: bro, don't kill this dog." Bro, it seems in poor taste. You know who deserves Love a dog? It. Mrs. Fucking Cheers. <laughs> like, why didn't she you get a killed dog? dog? Yeah, isn't that like a, sh- a a slap in the face?
0: Right. Like, sorry we killed your dog. I got my son a replacement dog for your dog that I murdered. What?
1: You're a fucking idiot.
0: But Christopher is over the moon. He loves his new dog.
1: Named it Sandy, which is cute.
0: And has kind of started to trust his dad a little bit more. We find out that he passed the A-levels with an A, and he's like... I'm excited because I can definitely go to a college, not in London anymore, because I hate London now. Yeah. He's like, but I can go somewhere else, and I can do this, and I know I can, because I solved the case of who killed Wellington. I found my mother. Life is good. Yeah. And that's the end of the book. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how would you how would you rate this story? How are you feeling about it? Um, Curious incident of the dog in the nighttime.
1: I would say... Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I won't give it a ten out of ten because it bummed me out. (laughs) (laughs) It just made me sad.
0: I will give it nine brand new puppies out of ten brand new puppies. I was gonna
1: say nine dead wellingtons out of (laughs) ten dead wellingtons.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say something along those lines, but I didn't want to be that dark. But you went for it, so I appreciate that about you. Yeah.
1: It just bummed me out. And I'm like It does It is not okay for your dad to beat you. until you lose track of time
0: and it's not okay for your mom that is something we didn't dive too much into because we were obviously just recapping but he flashes back to a lot of moments with his mom where basically she cannot handle all his special ways of doing things so she'll try to cook him like healthy meals and she tries to hug him and stuff like that and he can't do any of that so he just freaks out on her And that's a big part of why she left is because she couldn't handle his freakouts.
1: Yeah, in one of the letters she was explaining how, like, she saw how patient, um, the ed was, and was like, you guys would be better off without me. But also in the letters, she didn't spell things correctly, so I don't know if she's pretty okay either.
0: She's a little bit not, like, she didn't get too far into school.
1: Yeah, yeah, she paid, she spelled patient wrong, she- She spelled a lot of things wrong. Yeah. It was strange. But then she was talking about how, like, whenever they would go places and and someone would touch him, basically all the plans for the day were derailed. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I don't want to say that I completely understand, but I have been severely depressed and had a dog that also acts like he's depressed. And so basically screamed constantly the whole entire day until my husband came home. And I considered multiple times to, like, be like, take him back. Take this dog back because if you don't, I'm gonna throw him against the wall.
0: Except this is a full-grown child.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, then you seem like a horrible mother for being like, "I... I can't
0: handle my own son. Yeah.
1: And so then, um when he, when Ed had gone over to their house, she's like, I wrote him letters. Or when she was back at Ed's house, I wrote him letters and he's like, wow, what a great comfort that was. Like I've like been Like you doing- wrote him
0: letters. I was there for every freak out. I made sure he was fed. I got him to go to school. He's taking his A-levels. All of that's because of me. And what's even sad is like, he's not even that great of a father. It
1: seems very- But he's better than the mother. Yeah, it seems very martyry for me. It's yeah. like, you're lucky that your son can't you still really punched your child. deeply comprehend emotions and have empathy and things like that because he would realize that you guys absolutely suck, yeah, both of you.
0: But it it, it kind of leaves off on that like slightly happy note where it seems like his mom is getting her life together independently, and his dad is getting his shit together, and they're kind of all working together like they finally have a co parenting situation. So that's where you leave off. You're kind of like a little relieved that his situation is getting better but you're just sad that he had to go through all of that to get to that point
1: yeah i'm assuming maybe the mom got resentful because of how great ed was with the son and so then she was was trying to get some attention and whatever from mr shears because like yeah it's about the kid
0: and she came back and mrs shears was like oh the homewrecker's back
1: oh and then like when mr (laughs) shears came by and threw stuff like mrs shears was like just like you know <laughs> Looking like, hey, he did that to me too. We could have been friends, but you were a bitch, so bye.
0: You slept with my husband. That will never be forgiven.
1: Yeah, I just, yeah. I was talking to Jay about it and I was like, um, so Christopher is not the one with the real issue here. Yeah. No, everyone else sucks.
0: Everyone else is bonkers insane.
1: Yeah. Miss Alexander, she was cool. Shabon was cool. Um, yeah, it was about it yeah yeah um
0: i think it's just like the ultimate stress of having to take care of someone so diligently that like you can't even really enjoy your own life because you have to take care of your child and so that's where the stress of being one of these parents comes from so like they hit their breaking points but unfortunately when you have a child with asperger's you can't really hit your breaking point
1: yeah and also like You're not allowed
0: to take things out on the child.
1: Yeah, like... And they do that a lot. (laughs) You didn't choose this, but it is the way it is. And you still chose to... Cultivate this insane lie. Yeah. And hope to God that n- none of it came out. Yeah. Bro, y- I don't even have to have Asperger's to be like, I want to get out of this house because you murdered a dog.
0: You took a pitchfork and you stabbed it. Listen, I so love
1: Jay, but I would have to think about it. Um, uh, yeah. Like, unless it was Cujo, there's no excuse. Yeah.
0: Legitimately thought Mr. Shears was the dog murderer. I was like, Well, he's
1: also a piece of work, too.
0: Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, that's horrible and sad and depressing.
1: Yeah. But it
0: leaves off on a good note for Christopher. So you're like, okay, I'm happy for him, but I'm sad for him. So a lot of conflicting endings. I'm
1: glad that he moves away, like moves through the world objectively. Yeah. Because um, this is the origin of a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Like, you lied about my, my mom.
0: Like, in a dark book, you murdered his dad an would actually be a murderer. Yeah,
1: but, like, yeah, he moves through the world objectively, and he's like, hey, I got these five red cars going for me, I got this murder solved, so that's going for me, I love quadratic equations, so yeah. that's going for me.
0: I'm like, can't relate to that whatsoever. Oh, yeah, he
1: was talking about that um that one um problem where it was, like, the three doors and the two goats in the car. And the equation, I was like, oh my god, I'm learning about combinations and probability and statistics, except um, it was still really difficult to look at. I'm like, now what does C mean again?
0: Honestly, I'm not going to lie. So there are several parts of this book where he breaks down different equations and with illustrations and with it like mathematically written out. My brain just skipped over all that.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I don't
0: know what that means. So
1: you don't understand emotions. I don't get math. So
0: zoop. If you're going to throw a graph at me, I'm going to skip over it because I don't. Like, I under- obviously, I can read a graph. Yeah. But when I'm reading a book, my brain is in two different... Like, I'm in creative mode. I'm picturing the story. I'm illustrating things for myself. So you throw a graph at me, and I'm like, skipping the graph. Yeah, like... Moving on with the story. Is
1: this really pertinent to, like, moving forward in this tale? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I would definitely recommend this book. It's a very interesting read, and it's a way to kind of put yourself into someone else's shoes, and I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, it's,
0: um... In my mind, and again, I... Again, I read this book in, like, two days over the course of, like, eight hours. So, yeah. super easy read. Super easy read. It's, like, a good beach read.
1: Yeah, I just... Um, if you want to be a little melancholic. Yeah, I... uh, Yeah, I, 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 again, still don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Um, Mark Hedden did a really good job, though.
0: So, props to Mark Hedden. Yeah,
1: he did a great job.
0: Really love this book. Yeah. So, next month, for October, we're going to be reading Dune by Frank... Herbert.
1: So we saw Shang Chi last Sunday.
0: It was amazing. It by was the way. super
1: great, really great Asian representation. I love that. Um, the
0: fight choreography was beautiful.
1: Amazing. I the good guy. Okay, the guy who did the fight choreography. Right. Was trained by this other dude, like this older guy that's on TikTok, and he was talking. He's he's Chinese, I believe. He was talking about how excited he was to see the movie because he like did fighting and then he opened his own stunt like choreography school for fighting and that his student was the one who did the choreography for the fighting in this movie Dope. and it was so cute and it's like it comes full circle and i'm sure in his time like yeah there's just not ever since crazy rich asians came out everyone's like oh cool yeah it's like why hasn't this been happening before
0: yes so, so we sh- saw shang chi anyway
1: But (laughs)
0: before the movie came on There was a trailer for the new Dune movie That's coming out and we're both like We want to see that
1: I see that book everywhere
0: And I'm sorry but I absolutely I'm not sorry I adore Zendaya Love her So anything she's in I'm willing to see it except euphoria that seemed a little bit too much for me
1: it seems very triggery
0: like so i'm gonna leave that one alone i
1: was already depressed for four years in high school i don't need to see someone in a worse situation be depressed in high school like i'm good
0: but i've seen her scenes from that and she's an absolute treasure absolutely so we were like we need to see this but she would read the book first and i'm like why don't we make that our book for the october okay but
1: the thing is um, clearly you have a lot of faith in us because I, do. I was talking to Jay's dad, Greg, um, and he was talking about how he read the book, but it was like, he's like kept forgetting who the characters were. So he watched the original movie. And then after watching that, then he understood everything. And that's I, what my dad said. Exactly. And so I'm like, okay, so your dad's really smart and Craig's really smart. And <laughs> I'm uh I got stuff going on okay (laughs) right and it's an intense book so I'm like gotta make sure my meds are okay so I don't get foggy headed gotta make sure I'm focused got my coffee because it seems like it's gonna be a a, a big deal because I sent you that TikTok where it's like someone reading it and it's like
0: I don't understand so what we're basically going to do is in the first week when we get the book we're gonna read it if we do not understand it we're gonna watch the movie give it another try If that doesn't work, we're going to pick an easier book and we'll come back to you on what it will actually be. Yeah. But for right now, we're reading Dune.
1: Yeah, we should like then change the name to like Easy Novel Podcast. (laughs) Easy Novel Idea Podcast. Because we're dum-dums and we can't read high fantasy and sci-fi. I
0: I think we can get through Dune. I don't know if I'm going to read the sequels. Girl,
1: I tried to read The Hobbit. And that was like... I enjoyed The Hobbit. I don't care. I couldn't
0: make it through The Second Lord of the Rings because of the Ents. The ends were really boring, and in the first book, I got really sick of Tom Bombadil, because they talk in poems too much, and I'm, I do not like it in books when they talk in poems, and that's like a fantasy
1: listen genre staple. I love the Harry Potter books as much as the next person, but every time the story Hats a freaking skip. song, like, skip girl, bye. He's like, I spent all year coming up with this rhyme, bitches, and I'm like... Not a poetry person. I don't care. Stop.
0: So, we're gonna do our best. We're gonna see... And even if we only get halfway through and do like a movie book comparison thing or something like that, I don't know. I think we will still do a podcast on June, whether it's too hard or too easy. See, I don't think it's this is easy, our but.
1: problem, listeners. We are very optimistic in the beginning, very. And then future us are like, "Was past us fucking stupid? <laughs> Why did we agree to this?" So let's hope that we're like we're gonna stick with it.
0: We're gonna we're gonna really see if this will be our discipline month, October. I feel good about it.
1: Yeah, I think the only, like, other long book we listened to was the uh, Abraham Lincoln, and boy, that was, like, a dirt. That
0: wasn't even a hard book. Was, that was just tedious. Like, uh,
1: It's a, it's history still.
0: It's still history. I
1: didn't ask for this. This
0: is why I didn't like the movie. It's still history, I'm still I bored. I
1: liked the movie. I liked it. It Did was like way it. better than the book and Anthony Mackie.
0: So, we hope you enjoyed this podcast about the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime by Mark Haddon. Woo! We thoroughly enjoyed it, and we will see you next month, hopefully, for Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check us out novelideapodcast.com. That links to all our social media or email. Shoot us an email questions, comments, concerns. Or
1: Novel Idea Pod on Twitter,
0: and Novel Idea Podcast at Instagram
1: yeah so uh, we'll see you next week we might break it up into episodes depending on how
0: difficult this book is right we might do like part one halfway through the month and part two at the end of the month but again we'll see how we feel we'll see what happens yeah. and uh, thank you for tuning in